The final team in our sail across the Atlantic. Let's get French Canadian here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome in to the Locked On Sabres podcast. And thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on NHL for a free white tech hat with any order. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Sneaky Jody Biasi, excited to talk about the final team in our sail across the Atlantic division, the final of eight teams in this division as we complete our series today, the Montreal Canadiens. And they are in the news as of late. It's not focused, it's centrally around Montreal, but they were a part of a big trade, a massive trade over the weekend. So we will get to the Eric Carlson trade coming up in a couple of moments here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We will dive in on what type of offseason Montreal has had and how far behind their build is to the Sabres. They have finished last in the Atlantic Division. They are right now the lowest team in terms of over-under point total, and I would say the lowest team in terms of their expectations. So we'll dive in and see how far behind they are because there is some good young talent on that Habs team and coming up from that Habs team. But before we get into the Carlson trade or the Montreal trades, get connected with some of our listeners, um, including some new listeners, because... As we you know, poke around, I'm looking around at you know the Twitter profile and the YouTube channel to see, okay, what kind of comment do I want to read on today's show? Well, what I had a lot to pick from was Detroit fans. They found my last episode, our last episode, breaking down Detroit, their place in this uh, in this Atlantic Division, and Detroit is a team that I'm not really impressed with. At all, I am not impressed with the job that Steve Eiserman has done so far at, as Wings general manager. And what I found was a lot of Red Wings fans that severely disagreed with my take on Detroit being several years behind the Buffalo Sabres. One comment in particular that I actually very much disagree with from Scott Ricey, 5166, says, Eiserman inherited Ken Holland's mess in 2019. Bad contracts, no prospects. If Detroit had Buffalo's draft luck, things would be different. When you can't draft the top three, it sets the rebuild back. Now, I half agree with Scott here. One, Eisenman has done a pretty good job of rebuilding that prospect pool. I did give him some credit for that. He is starting to build that prospect pool back up. The guys just haven't gotten there yet. But the point about, well, he inherited all these bad contracts. If I look at right now the bad contracts, what I would consider to be the bad contracts on the Red Wings books right now. Uh, let's see. Number one, I would start with uh, Andrew Kopp. Okay. 
$5.6 million. That was signed by uh, Steve Eiserman. Uh JT Confer, I believe that's a bad contract at $5.1 million. That was signed by, uh, oh, Steve Eiserman. Uh, how about David Perron? $4.75 million at 35 years old. That was signed by Steve Eiserman. Uh, ben Sherriott, what about him at $4.75 million at 32 years old? That was signed by a Mr. Oh, uh, Steve Eiserman. Yeah, Eiserman is the guy signing all these contracts. Billy Husso, two three-year deal, $4.75 million. That was Steve Eiserman. He's signing all the bad contracts. All, I mean, I I don't I give him credit for getting rid of the old ones, you know, Abdulkader, and there were a bunch of them. But he's just replacing them with other bad contracts. So not impressed with the job Steve Eisenman's doing. But I hear you on the prospects point. Maybe I didn't give him enough credit uh, on our last episode to what he's done with the prospect pool. They're sometimes ranked number one, uh, or at least in the top five for their prospect pool. The big trade over the weekend was a move that I had argued for the Sabres in the past and it finally gets done with another team. The Pittsburgh Penguins acquire Eric Carlson from the San Jose Sharks in a three-team trade that also includes the subject of today's episode, the Montreal Canadiens. The Penguins trade a lot of stuff, a very complex trade, ton of pieces moving. You have five pieces going to Pittsburgh, four pieces going to San Jose, and four pieces going to Montreal. The Penguins get the big piece in acquiring Norris Trophy winning defenseman Eric Carlson. Uh, I'm sorry, just four pieces for the Sharks or the Penguins as well. So four pieces for each team. San Jose acquires 2024 first round pick by the Penguins, Mikel Granlin to help offset some salary from the Penguins, um, Jan Ruda, Mike Hoffman, Montreal, who we'll get to today. They acquire some pieces that I think will actually help them. And they, you know, take on a little bit of salary, um, but they're making the salary kind of work out for these two teams, which is why they're included. They acquire Jeff Petrie, who I guess will play in their top four. Actually used to play for Montreal, but a little bit older. They also get Casey DeSmith who might give them some more goaltender insurance, you know, assuming Carey Price continues to to struggle to get back on the ice. So the big piece, though, is that Carlson's a Penguin. And the Penguins are really leaning into um, their age. And they're really leaning into, okay, this is it. Kind of the last dance. Maybe not the final season, but this is the last big move to get Sidney Crosby one last Stanley Cup or give him one last shot at a Stanley Cup. He and Evgeny Malkin on what today, by the way, here on Monday, is Sidney Crosby's 36th birthday. The Penguins trade their first-round pick in 2024. Um, It is top 10 protected, so it could go to 2025. But that's their big piece, you know, their deadline piece. That's their big move that they would want to make. So this is probably their go at it. Carlson. And I like it. I wanted Carlson for the Sabres. I thought it was an exciting idea. Um, I know he's not the perfect fit, and the salary would have had to work. And it ended up not being much of a cap dump for San Jose. Montreal took on a lot of salary, uh, about $6.5 million between Jeff Petrie and Casey DeSmith. Um, But Pittsburgh has Carlson at $10 million per year on their books. That's a healthy, healthy investment into Carlson. Well, if I look at right now, though, how the Penguins – fair for the start of the season. That's a team that if you've heard me talk about the playoff race for the upcoming season, I often don't even mention Pittsburgh because I think they've, they're on the way down and they just missed the playoffs. 
So I think they were about to be surpassed by teams like Buffalo and by Ottawa. And now I'm not so sure. Honestly, I think that move is that important for them. You know, he is not a defensive stalwart by any by any stretch of the imagination, but he is a he is the best offensive defenseman in the National Hockey League. And putting him out in the areas with Malkin or with Crosby, with Latang, or if they want to split those two up, I imagine they probably will split those two up. You know, maybe they think Latang can last a little longer by taking some ice time off his plate because Latang's been playing tons and tons of minutes for his entire career, and he's had injury problems. I I like the move for Pittsburgh a lot, and. You know, he's 33. He's actually younger than a lot of these guys. 36 Latang, 36 for Crosby, 37 for Malkin. They know this is it. They're leaning into it. And I think this is the best move they could have made for on ice purposes right now. The best player they could have got their hands on in the National Hockey League that was available was very clearly Eric Carlson. And the other reason I like this move for Pittsburgh, the number one on ice missing piece that I think they've had on their roster for the last five years, really since they last won a Stanley Cup, was a number two defenseman behind Chris Letang. That was the top thing that they have not been able to to solidify. And Carlson now comes in above Letang. Letang slides down to be their number two in different situations. I like it a lot. They added Ryan Graves, of course, in the offseason as well. Um, So the blue line's looking a little bit better. I like this by Pittsburgh, and I think they are right there neck and neck with the Sabres and the Senators and, you know, anyone else that wants to fall back in terms of a a playoff bubble team. Um, So another threat in the Eastern conference that the Sabres really have to consider. And I am not as much, I'm not as confident as I was a week ago that the Penguins are just going to, that steady decline is going to continue. I think you had some decline last year and oh, that could be a little Carlson bump back up. So we'll see. We'll talk about that trade for Montreal's perspective. I mean, they made a couple of acquisitions in that deal that I think could help them. Um, but also what else they did this offseason, how their prospect pool is looking, and really what the story of Montreal's offseason is before we get to compare the Sabres and the Canadiens. That is coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by Athletic Greens. It is the right way to start your morning every morning. And, man, I got, I got some early mornings, especially with Bill's training camp going on right now. I'm driving out to Rochester to go to practice and with the 6 a.m. show on WGR. I mean, I'm getting up at 3.45 in the morning, 3.30 in the morning. So I've got to be energetic and ready to go. I got to be able to stay awake during that long drive in the morning and then get a radio show right after that. And Athletic Greens is the perfect way to start every morning. It's super easy. You know, it depends. If I got the energy waking up, got a good night's sleep before, then I got time to make a shake and it tastes great. And that's the best, I think the best, the easiest way to do it, um, the best way to do it. The easiest way to do it is definitely the drops. If I'm a little tired, a little groggy, oh, it's got to get out. Or maybe I wake up a little bit late and I only got two seconds to make something. Okay, well, I still want those vitamins and minerals. Boom, little drop right in the water or in the coffee. And it's super simple uh, to get your vitamins and minerals that way. I started drinking AG1 a couple of years ago and en- energy levels have felt great ever since um all great athletes have one thing in common they take care of their bodies and a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health with ag1 helps with it if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine then try ag1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free ag1 travel packs that really helps with my early mornings that's training camp on the go uh with your first purchase go to drinkag1.com slash nhl network that's drinkag1.com slash nhl network check it out back here on the lockdown sabers podcast let's get to montreal 
what is going on with the Montreal Canadiens? And, uh, you know, it's a it's an interesting team. They've had some high picks as of late. They're a team that always carries expectations um, season by season. And they are, I think, on their way to something nice. They might be a little bit far away. We'll get to that coming up. But first, looking at their offseason, I mean, it starts with the uh, – it starts with – their latest deal, um, the trade that sends Eric Carlson um, to the Pittsburgh Penguins, Jeff Petrie to the Canadiens, Casey DeSmith to the Canadiens. DeSmith might help them in terms of their goaltending depth. You know, they've had Jake Allen. Carey Price has had a lot of problems staying on the ice. Um, so DeSmith, I think, is a big piece to that trade. He's been okay. You know, he's been a guy that you can rely upon. Um, and I think an important part of that deal in a, on a pretty small contract, less than $2 million is, uh, is Casey DeSmith. So we'll see what kind of role he plays Petrie well past his prime, but as I'll get to here on the Montreal depth chart, they have a lot of talent up front. Go through the forwards in a second. They have a lot of talent up front. Yikes on that blue line. Yikes on that blue line. It is tough. I mean, they, if you're looking at their depth chart right now, what their most likely opening night lineup is, according to Daily Faceoff, what you'd be looking at for opening night for Montreal on their blue line. A top pair of Michael Matheson and David Savard. Two pretty good defensemen, not top pair guys. A second pair of Jeff Petrie and Caden Gooley, and a third pair of Jordan Harris. And this is where uh, my expertise on Montreal will show a little bit. Can only go five defensemen deep. Uh, Jonathan Kovacek, that's their third pair. Uh, so we'll see. I don't think it's a very good blue line on paper, though, at all. I think it's going to be the weakness of that team. And for a goaltending duo of likely Jake Allen, maybe Sam Montembeau continues to play in there and Casey DeSmith, um, I think that's going to be a problem. I think Montreal's going to have a hard time keeping the puck out of their net. Carey Price, by the way, I just I know I just mentioned him, tough time staying on the ice. Um, there was a report about a month ago that he may be done playing. And... I don't know. I haven't seen anything official on Carey Price, but just doing a quick search of what is happening there. You know, like he moved out of his Montreal house, sold his house. Um, there's there's reporting that he might be done. It, the writing's on the wall that this might be over for Carey Price in his career. They're talking about whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. So I'm not counting on Price being ready for Montreal, especially since they have now three NHL goaltenders. They seem to be planning as though he will not be on the team. Um, I mentioned that they have some nice talent up front. I do like Montreal up front. I really do. Like they're not loaded with superstars up there, but they got a good amount of talent. I mean, right now, Nick down the middle, Nick Suzuki, Christian Dvorak, Jake Evans, Sean Monahan. Okay, that's fine. It's not amazing. It's not the worst I've seen. Boston is very clearly the worst I've seen. That is not that bad. It's not great, but not that bad. How about uh, top six wingers? Cole Caulfield, Kirby Doc, Josh Anderson, and then the big, I guess the biggest name they really acquired this offseason, Alex Newhook. All right, I'm in on that. I like Doc. Caulfield, I think, has a, a more growth um, in terms of his ability as a scorer, but he's already showed some nice things. And Josh Anderson has always been kind of an analytics darling, so I think he's always capable of a big season. And then the bottom six forwards, I mean, 
They've got some bottom six forwards with top six potential. Brendan Gallagher is probably more a middle six guy at this point in his career. Um, Yuri Slavkowski, you know, like first overall pick from 2022. I have no clue what he can give them uh, this year, but hey, there's high ceiling there. There's high potential. And then Joel Armia still sitting there as a good two-way winger on the fourth line. I mean, they're pretty deep. You know, they're not, again, there's no star. There's no superstar. They don't even have a Tage Thompson. I don't even know if they have a Dylan Cousins, but they're kind of got good players all the way through the four lines. Is that enough to be a playoff team, especially with that blue line and those goaltenders? I think absolutely not. I think they're building something nice there in Montreal, but I do not think they really make an impact at all this coming season in 2023-24. I would imagine that even if they take a small step forward, they're either going to finish dead last in the Atlantic Division or maybe they'll find their way to catching Detroit. Last year, Montreal, by the way, uh, Jim Lebet this, 31, 45, and 6 for 68 points, a minus 75 goal differential. Um, It was a really, really, really poor season for Montreal. And I would expect them to be higher than 68 points, but I would not expect them to reach 80. I think somewhere between 70 and 80 points is about right for the Canadiens. Um, In terms of their advanced stats last year, looking at their expected goals for uh, percentage at five on five, Montreal came in, you know, pretty low at 27th. That was actually one spot higher than Detroit, but 27th out of 32. Definitely a team that deserved to be near the bottom of the standings like they were. Now, what about their future? How far behind the Sabres are the Canadiens in their rebuild? We'll go through that coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. But before we do that, we want to remind you that we are presented by Bird Dogs. I love Bird Dogs. Love my golf joggers, you know, golf shorts as well. I'm wearing them for everything. I'm wearing them at the training camp. I'm wearing them in day-to-day life. It's just my go-to all around. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Um, go to birddogs.com right now. Slash locked on NHL, or you can enter the promo code locked on NHL for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or promo code locked on NHL. You get a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, just like I never take my bird dogs off, whether I'm golfing or, you know, just doing things around the house, going to work, whatever I'm doing. I'm never taking my bird dogs off. Again, birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Welcome back to the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We're talking Montreal here on the show uh, to round out our Atlantic Division uh, series and our next upcoming series to get us to, to the season, Sabres Super Draft. We have drafted. The draft has been done. We did record it ahead of time. Um, that's, you know, it's a podcast. We do that every time, actually. So what am I even saying there? But. We'll bring that to you in a series of shows. We'll break them down uh, into different parts, and that'll be coming up next. So stay tuned. Very excited to go through our Sabre Super Draft. Joe Marino, uh, Lucas Buckley, Charging Buffalo will be involved um, to help us out, you know, give us a couple of extra teams to draft. You know, it's about me and one other person sitting here. So we'll get a couple of teams here uh, going at it, and uh, we'll be looking for some some fan voting 
and opinions on who had the best team. And I very much would like to win this because the last time we did this during the COVID season, um, killing some time during that nine-month offseason, uh, my team fell way, way short. We simulated it on the NHL video game, and my team stunk. So I've got some uh, I've got some redemption hopefully in store. Lastly, on the Montreal Canadiens, we've been asking this question with every team. And so far, you know, I think Detroit's well behind the Sabres. I think Ottawa is pretty close behind, but behind the Sabres. I think Tampa and Boston are on their way to falling below Buffalo, but it's going to be pretty close this year. I think Toronto, Florida, well above at this point in time. What about Montreal? No doubt they're behind the Sabres. Nobody, I don't even think a Montreal fan would argue that they are above the Sabres. Right now, forward depth at the NHL level, advantage Sabres. Defensive depth at the NHL level. Overall, not depth, just the overall position group. At the NHL level, advantage Sabres. That's that's check two. Uh, NHL goaltenders at this moment. With Devin Levi... You know, I I guess I'll give this one to Montreal. I think Levi is the best goalie of any of them. But Montreal's got three goaltenders, Jake Allen, Sam Montembeau, and um, and now Casey DeSmith. Three goaltenders that are better than the Sabres' number two goaltender in Uka Pekalukunen. So I'll go advantage Montreal on that front. And then prospect pool overall, I'm just going by some rankings. Sabres are very often ranked in the top five. Scott Wheeler from The Athletic has Montreal ranked at 11th. Not bad. Pretty good. But not as good as the Sabres. So, you know, those are the those are the most important parts. That's the way to judge a team. And the Sabres really check every box over Montreal except maybe goaltending at the NHL level. And again, I think Levi is probably the best goalie of all of them, so that might be the most important thing. So they're behind. But how close behind are they? I think they're only a couple of years behind the Sabres. I think the Sabres are very close to reaching their peak. You know, I think, what is the Sabres' peak? It's a team that's consistently, with their young talent, year to year, consistently finishing in the top three of their division. I think Ottawa's in store to get to that point as well. Well, could Montreal be a third team that finds their way into those top three division spots year to year? I think they have that sort of potential. I am not as sure that they'll get there as I am with the Sabres and the Senators. I'm pretty darn sure Buffalo and Ottawa are going to get there, and that's going to happen soon. Detroit, I feel pretty confident saying right now they will not become that team that is a consistent top three division winner. Toronto's going to be that team. Florida's going to be that team. And I think Tampa, Boston are falling out. I think Montreal, you know, they might be a little bit more in the middle in terms of the future. I I think they're on the way up. Um, Slavkovsky is a big piece of this. Cole Caulfield is a big piece of this. You know, some other prospects, they're pretty deep when it comes to their prospect pool as much as they don't have as, you know, they've got some of the high-end talent. Slavkovsky is going to be number one for that. Um, I, I just think they have got enough young talent that un, that half if half of it hits, they'll be a pretty good team. I would not project they're ever above the Sabres or the Senators, but I think they'll be a playoff team with this core. But it's probably going to take two to three years at the least. Whereas I think Sabres, Senators, it can happen right now. Montreal, probably about three years. So that's how far behind I see Montreal uh, to Buffalo. Um, but a team to keep an eye on, you know, you know, just in the background. You know, you don't have to worry about them this year. Um, in fact, I meant to look this up, and I should have. Is there over-under win total up uh, at FanDuel Sportsbook? I'm guessing it's not, but I saw they were dropping a few more hockey bets uh, on their uh, on their app and their website. 
yeah, no over-unders, but I can tell you that right now, Montreal Stanley Cup odds plus 13,000, which is tied for the second lowest in the NHL with Anaheim and Philadelphia. So they are expected to be very poor this year. I don't think they'll be the third worst team in hockey. I think they'll be bad, but as I mentioned before, like 75 points might be uh, what, I'm, what I'm thinking for Montreal. So that's the overall on the Canadiens. Don't worry about them this year, but keep an eye on them uh, for a couple of years down the road. All right, next up, our Sabre Super Draft. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Hashik, Perot. Um, why was Eichel the third name that came into my mind? I really didn't want to mention that, but he'll get drafted. Eichel will get drafted, so you have to find out where. Tage Thompson will get drafted. That's the third name that I really should have mentioned. Um, so we'll talk. We'll go through that. It'll be a fun exercise. I uh, hope you enjoy it, and that'll be coming up next for you every day or here on our Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and come back for a Sabres Super Draft next time here on Locked on Sabres.